All right, in this episode, we are going to be talking about poverty. Um, and the reason is that uh, a lot of what is happening is tied to poverty. Mm -hmm. And I am careful to say it's not caused by poverty exclusively because police brutality is not caused by poverty, right? It's, it's caused by police. You're poor, so, yeah, I, so will I will be, be brutal to you. Like, you know, um, but poverty is linked to it because the poverty of certain situations, of certain areas, certain peoples, leads to heightened crime, which then leads to police brutality. Um, or at least to policing. At least to which policing, which should to not lead to police brutality. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but leads to sinful people, uh, everything yeah. tied together. Yeah. And, and I want to also say <laughs> that uh, we, we want to talk about poverty, too, because I know... Um, everyone, anyone can be poor. It doesn't matter uh, what race you are. Um, and uh, poverty and class are linked very <clears throat> poverty and class sorry poverty and race can be linked is linked right yes uh but we aren't going to say that only some groups are poor and some are not but we just i just want to throw that out there and even i think throughout that one of the things that i think is really important and for me as a middle class non-poor person right and i know a lot of middle class people we joke about being poor but we're not poor like you are not poor right if you're listening to this probably you are not poor right um and I think that throughout history, one of the, the problems that happens is the idea that poverty is based on character. Mm. You're poor because you're lazy. You're yep. poor because you're stupid. You're yep. poor because you're not like... You don't try hard enough. You don't try hard enough. Like me, right? It's this idea of pure meritocracy that doesn't exist, right? Mm. Now it gets confused fused with sometimes, yes, like, just because you are not poor doesn't mean you don't try hard. doesn't mean that, like, we're not calling all rich people lazy or whatever, but there is not this, there, the truth that we know from God is that if we are all made in his image, we are all capable of all the things that everyone else is capable of, mm -hmm. right? Of integrity, of, of intellect, of effort. So poverty does not mean that those things are lacking. Mm -hmm. I think there's that famous clip, if you ever see, of a reporter <coughs> asking Martin Luther King, like, hey, like, how come blacks are having such a hard time? Pretty sure he says it, like, derogatorily. Um, you know, like, all these immigrants, <coughs> like, they, you know, pulled up by their bootstraps and they're doing fine. And MLK straight up goes like, what if you don't got boots? <laughs> he didn't say it like that, but he's so restrained and calm. Like MLK just, wow. Like I would, if I were in his shoes, I would just like smack the reporter or something. But like he, you know, it's, and it's, and I think that's why um, we have to be really careful when we talk about poverty that we can't, we don't distill it down to just laziness. It's, right. there are so many things that prevent people from, from climbing out of like, I want to say it's like sticky mud. Like it's mm -hmm. it's just so hard to pull your foot out and yeah. and move forward. And I think that for us as Asian Americans, you know, one of the things that we have to educate is that we didn't, even a lot of us who were immigrants and our parents were immigrants, they didn't climb up out of their bootstraps because if you were Taiwanese or Chinese fleeing Mao Zedong, you probably came with education. You probably had already been educated. You probably came with some amount of resources. For a lot of Korean immigrants, even after the war, right, it, 
the poor ones were the ones that got trapped in North Korea, right? <laughs> like, like the really like or, or stayed in the yeah, country. like or stayed in the country. Like we did have advantages coming in that somebody whose last three ancestors were slaves did yeah. not. Yeah. Um, and the reason why this is important is because there is then that question of. Does crime create poverty? Does poverty create crime? Or really, like, maybe not what's the original, like, it's not, it's not a chicken or the egg. Like, it's not what, about which one's original, but in our effort to lower crime, is lowering poverty actually the most effective means of doing that? I say yes. <laughs> I say, right? And I think that most soci sociological research does say yes. So the question is, why don't we want to do that, right? And I think that part yeah. of it for middle-class people is confronting that idea that poverty is character. Yep, because we, we don't, don't trust them with We don't money. trust them with money, right? Like, you, you look at all the ways that we try to regulate who gets, we spend money to regulate on who gets our money. And on how they spend it. And on how they spend it, yep. right? Like, because <laughs> Hannah and I, when I lost my job, like we qualified for food stamps. I'm still on food stamps. It's called and EBT, EBT now, Jason. No, and I'm, and like, I was ashamed. Like the honest truth, when we first started, I was ashamed. And then you know what? I ain't ashamed anymore. <laughs> like, because yeah, why, why is food, right? Something that like, but here's the weird thing. I remember one time going to the grocery store and then, this woman was in front of me and she was using EBT. And then they were the cashier was like, oh, you can't get this one item on EBT. And I looked at it and it was a bag of salad mix. And I was like, what? Right? And she was like, oh, because, right, like it's been prepared. prepared. It's a prepared food. And it's because, <laughs> because the mix has like dressing in it. And yeah. I was like, what in the world? What stupid rule is this, right? Like, you know, I can understand, yo, you can't use EBT on like, you can't use EBT on alcohol. I get that, right? Okay, I'm okay with that, right? But <laughs> a salad mix, really? And so we think about it, the reason why we do that is because we, as the middle class people who pay our taxes, who, you know, we think poor people are stupid, right? Mm -hmm. We think poor people are stupid, we think they're lazy, and so we're like, we don't want to let, you know, these poor people, whatever. Yeah, I, there's been debates, so many debates in uh, government halls where it's like, we shouldn't let people use food stamps or EBT on soda. Like straight up. Jason and I buy so much soda <laughs> with EBT money because, but, but uh, and so their thing is like, it's going to like, they're gonna like make their kids obese. They're gonna get obese, and then they're gonna like blah blah blah, and and then um, they can buy water. They can buy and and and. But what it what people are saying is actually like the reason why they're doing that is like they don't think that poor people should be able to spend our taxpayer money on things that bring pleasure, mm -hmm. right? Like like if you are poor and you do a twelve hour shift, graveyard janitor whatever, and you come home and you just want to ice cold coke right like how happy would that make you and they're like no drink water yeah and i think there is then therefore that attitude of poverty as character means that it really what it means is, is that you should be punished for being poor yeah right like you shouldn't have pleasure and that is something that we really have to question ourselves um 
Yeah. Yeah, so there's uh, actually studies being done, um, you know, with how to lift people out of poverty. So uh, NGOs all over the world are always studying, like, how do we... Um, we can, now we can talk about the effectiveness of NGOs later, but so they used so before the flavor of the month year was micro loans. If you give people like loans, like small loans, so they can like buy a goat or they can like buy a little patch of land, that'll get them out of poverty. And it got really popular because it seemed to work. But then all the micro loans became predatory, yeah. right? Because of all, like all these like little like because it wasn't just the NGOs doing it; it would be like a lot of people just like you know try to be benefactors. But they would start doing predatory loans, like all these payday loans that you see, and they were like, "Oh, this is not going to work." Yes. <laughs> the next one was give give them a resource. So it was give people goats. Like that was the thing. Like give people goats. <laughs> Jason, you can finish the goat story. So. Uh, there's a podcast called Solvable, uh, which is by Malcolm Gladwell's like podcast, whatever network, and they basically try to tackle these big issues. And we're kind of going into the idea of UBI, right? But with the goat thing, the thing was there was this group they gave people goats, and so part of what they did just for the fact they're their NGO, they were like, oh, we want you know people to take pictures with themselves and their new goat, right? It's good for social media. Good for social media, and they started getting all these pictures, and they were like. These goats all look the same. And like the background right? the same or like, whatever. Yeah, and then so they realized what people were doing was they were taking their voucher for a goat, going to the goat seller. They were getting their goat, taking a picture, then going to the back door and selling the goat back to the goat seller <laughs> for the next person, right? Like, and the idea that, yeah, like we, because think about it. If you are uh, an engineer, right? And you go into now, SpaceX, right? And imagine at the end of your two weeks, SpaceX came to you and said, wow, you've done such a fantastic job. Here's 10 bags of rice. <laughs> like, you know? This is what you really like, need. This is what, yeah. Like, I, I went to your house, right? <laughs> I went to your house. I talked to your children. This is what you really need. Like, no, we would say, we would be so offended. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and yet... That's what we do with poor people. Yeah, and we say, oh, but it's free. We're giving you a free goat. I don't need a free goat. I need money. Yeah, and 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 in that effort, right, like, it goes back to the last one, the tolerable amount of evil. Because people are like, what if somebody uses this money for crack, right? And you're like, if one out of a thousand people uses the money for crack, like, if you lift 999 people out of poverty and one person uses it for crack. That's a tolerable amount of evil for me, right? Yeah. Like, <laughs> that's like, like, and then maybe you just need to go talk to that one person about their crack and, habit. And maybe we should just, you know, put him in like a program. Yeah, Woo. instead of, right, that idea. Because one of the things that he did say, and I haven't double checked the numbers on this, but was that like in 2018, it was the first time that the amount of spending, the amount of giving, right, that NGOs were getting so donations donations was enough to just pay everyone that is poor to give them money and lift them out of poverty That's so crazy. basically we're spending money trying to figure out who deserves our money when we could just be giving everyone the money yeah. and then yeah a tolerable amount of evil are tolerable amount of people maybe are quote unquote undeserving but who cares yeah. <laughs> right yeah and so uh for example <clears throat> There are experiments happening with yeah UBI where people are giving um, people money and it's crazy because the NGOs thought they well, they didn't know but they were like what are they going to spend the money on so there was like a um, like a small town or something and 
all these people were spending money on fixing their roofs. Like they would mm. get tin roofs for their little huts or houses. And they're like, that is such a strange thing to spend money on. Like an NGO would never have like a tin roof campaign, right? It would be like a, let's build a house for them campaign. But mm. it was, they built them tin roofs because they realized eventually that that meant that the family didn't have to spend time or money fixing their roofs every year because they were using materials that would either fall apart or were natural or whatever. And for them, that was such a quality of life improvement. Yeah. And I think there's so many other ways that lifting people out of poverty helps. Um, like even in that podcast, one of the things that he was sharing about was that a lot of places that had like domestic abuse or domestic you know, problems, um, a lot of that lessened. Why? Because if the husband and the wife are both getting the same amount in UBI, Ooh. all of a sudden the wife is like, yo, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not subservient to you, right? Mm. I'm not lesser than you. All of a sudden the husband is like, oh, I really can't let her leave, right? Because like, you know, I- <laughs> Use our sin against, yeah, like, uh, or to you know? help. <laughs> and the reason I bring that up is because like in this situation with these protests, I think that the fact that poverty and injustice and all these things and racism are tied you know it it is that right like what baffles me is the amount like even like we just spent a trillion dollars giving people and corporations which makes me so mad it's another topic right we just spent a trillion dollars to bail people out like trump is willing to like you know, like, when we bring in the National Guard, that's not free, right? Yeah. Like, it's not like the National Guard is this mysterious group of volunteers waiting out in the desert for us to call them, right? Like, They're not stormtroopers. Yeah, even that, those aren't free, right? <laughs> How did the First Order get so many more stormtroopers? What is their financial, like, you know, backing? Like, all that riot gear, all that, like, when you see that, that's not free, yeah. right? Those things cost money. And knowing government bureaucracy, they probably cost three times what they should yep. at market value, right? Yep. We are spending money already to combat the effects of poverty, yep. right? And so if we don't have that conversation about poverty, we're gonna keep wasting money, yep. right? It's it's like we had like a, like a uh, one of our pipes under our house recently, we found out was leaking, right? And so we were probably spending mo extra money on water, right? Right. And then, like, imagine I went to that and I was like, wow, look at this, like, pipe that's leaking. We're going to need to find a way to get more water to our house, <laughs> right? Yeah. Like, let's spend $1,000 to build a bigger pipe of water in your house. I know. Let's build a giant ditch through the middle of our house to drain away this water. And it's like, no, just fix the leak in the house. And so I think there is that question that we have to ask of what is the leak, right? Because I do think for privileged, mostly white people that maybe even are poor, right? They look at the, they look at the issues facing black communities and they say the leak is you're lazy, right? The leak is that you don't try hard like we do. The leak is whatever. And I remember, you know, one of the, one advocate, I don't remember who it was, like, um, but saying that what shows you the real institutionalized racism in our country is the different approaches that our government has towards black poverty and the opioid epidemic. Because in the opioid epidemic, which is still going on, by the way, yeah. right? 
we didn't say these people, it's their fault for taking drugs, mm -hmm. right? We blamed the perpetrators. We blamed the drug companies. Purdue. We, right? Which I think was correct, yeah. right? Yeah. Like, we didn't say, oh, you know, let's lock all these drug addicts up. Yep. Right? And you know why? Because most of them are white, <laughs> right? Yeah, or not we're, well, yeah, whereas, whereas during the crack cocaine epidemic which was it disproportionately hit black communities, they were criminalized. Yeah. Because uh, crack cocaine, uh, if you don't know, is much cheaper than heroin. And so a poor black community would tend to you do crack cocaine. And uh, <clears throat> you could there are sociological studies that show that crack cocaine offenses would get way more jail time than heroin. And it was linked to race. And yeah, I, I think um, it's really sad, though, to go back to the racism thing that there are interviews that I've seen and read of white people who are poor disliking social safety net programs, welfare programs, because mm -hmm. they say the black people will abuse them. Right. Like, that's how bad racism in America is, that poor uh, white I will, people... I will bite the hand that feeds me because it also feeds... Yeah, yeah, basically, like, they... Like, they won't pass things like expanded Obamacare. They won't pass things like, like yeah, like bigger uh, welfare, un like strengthening unemployment, right? Like, uh, because it might affect, it might also help these black people. And I think that is a, a way uh, that racism hurts everyone, right? Wow. We've talked about this before, before in the podcast, but racism hurts everyone. Yeah, even the racists themselves. It's, it's yeah. Not especially. Not especially. That's why I stopped saying that. Yeah. It's, 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 yeah. yeah. It does hurt them too. But, hurts, but I was going to say, I was going to say, especially the poor, poor ones. Yeah. Yeah. And so I think that that, you know, I, cause I do hear the argument being used by mostly right wing, right? Like, oh, like this is not the time to talk about this thing. Right. Um, but I think we have to look at what we it's tied to, to yep. right? Now, I don't, I think that right now police reform is the number one thing. So I don't want to say, well, we talk about poverty in lieu of talking about police reform. Um, but I think it's something that we have to be thinking about. Like, these are the dominoes and how they're laid out. Yeah, they're right? bricks. They're not even dominoes. <clears throat> they're all on top of each other. Yeah. Can I tell one more thing? Yes. I don't know. This might be a lot of time, but to, to kind of link together the police brutality the police thing in poverty, I think one of the things that I always go back to is the fact that so many city budgets are balanced on the backs of police ticketing. Oh, right? yeah. Mm -hmm. So it's so it's not so especially for smaller cities and smaller counties. So you might have no, heard of like cities that are famous for like speed traps. Like mm -hmm. they just basically have police officers to collect money from speeding drivers from this one tiny street that they control. But uh, but more than that, uh, oftentimes uh, city budgets for smaller jurisdictions ticket people that's how they mm -hmm. balance their books not the whole budget but like a good chunk and so who will the police target if we now that we know a little bit more about racism is they will probably target the african-american population mm -hmm. and if that population is already poor right then they're just getting ticketed over and over and over yeah. again which builds resentment which builds because, like i remember uh, hearing one interview of like a like a even like he was like a middle class black person right and he was like they budget for tickets. Yes. Like they have to like um, dude, if you were if you if you have never budgeted your life, right? 
which you should, right? But <laughs> but if you when if you imagine having to do that, or having and a have, line item that says, says police, right? Like, <laughs> like it's like my police fine, police yeah, tax. Like I always said, one of I remember one time driving behind this really nice like BMW and its license plate, the cover had a license plate cover that said, "I know, I know, license and registration," <laughs> and I was just like, dude. <laughs> How many times do I get pulled over to a buy that license plate and then, right, like somebody manufactured that license plate knowing that enough people would buy it. Dang. Um, and even I remember one Planet Money story was there was this it's like a podcast. There's a podcast. Uh, this small town in Texas wanted to get rid of all of its taxes. Like it didn't want to tax its citizens at all. And the way that they managed to do that was one, not providing any services, oh <laughs> right? Gosh. So like no garbage. No, no garbage, no nothing, which affected poor white people in that town, right? But then what they did is they had the police basically speed trap the highway that was going through the town. So they just tax outsiders. Oh my gosh. Um, but I think in that, right, the issue of poverty also in our heart, right? We have to confront the issue of taxation. Like I hear most of my friends, even myself, oftentimes we complain about taxes. We don't want to be taxed. We want to be tax zero. Now, I think that we we should be mindful of how our tax money is spent. Yeah, I tracking. think a lot of this protesting hopefully results in that, right? But I think one of the things that we must do in our own hearts is say, we got to stop hating on taxes. Yep. Right? We got to stop like I all like I hate when people want to defund the IRS, right? Why? Because no, the IRS makes sure I pay my taxes, yes. It makes sure everyone pays their taxes. You know what's worse than you having to pay taxes is when you have to pay taxes and you know that the billionaire who can afford like accountants is is skirting his taxes, yep. right? Like I'm the IRS should be one of the most well-funded departments we have because, right, we wanna be making sure everyone is paying and spending and then and taxes is like the easiest way for us to help poor people because your taxes fund schools mm -hmm. and schools tend to be places where you can get an education tend to be right like and uh -huh. and if you get an education you can improve your life and and etc right and if you ha pay more taxes you know who you can pay more teachers oh my gosh or right cops <laughs> which is what's happening really like it really is what's happening yeah. right like yeah. i i i think i think Yes, I think rather than getting mad at taxes as citizens, we should be vocal in how the tax money is spent. Mm -hmm. That's mm -hmm. it. Which I'm actually like really like I was glad that then this whole thing of the L.A. budget, right? That was 50, being, yeah, being scrutinized yeah, and like being reallocated. That I think is a, was a really powerful result of the protest. I'm so shocked that it happened. And I think that for you know me, the LAPD budget has been increasing every year for the last seven years. Yes, I, well, I know like, that now. Like I know that, that now. <laughs> yeah, I didn't know that a week and a half ago, right? And in that, I feel like that's the power of the protest. You know, I was talking with a friend and basically saying like, I don't think that Eric Garcetti, our mayor, and Nuri Martinez, our councilwoman, who's actually our councilwoman, like oh, she's the council but, yeah. president right now, but yeah, she's but a councilwoman, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't think they came up with that budget that night. I think they probably. I think they have had ideas of how to reallocate LAPD budget. They probably had it for like years, right? But they didn't have the political pressure and cover to actually get it done. No, I, I, I think I'm going to be more cynical. I'm going to say that they 
didn't, but because they saw it, they're like, what's a big number that's impressive, but is very small compared to the $2.3 billion? That is true. Because they didn't really name like exactly where things are going to go. But anyway, in either case, keep going. But yeah. That there's a plan. And I think that it is therefore, hopefully, right, people that have been thinking about this the yes, prote- that's true. The protests give them the ability to go to the table, maybe take the table away, right? Like <laughs> destroy you know, the table, destroy the table, right? And then and then push those things. So I feel like, you know, when people say these protests, they're not going to do anything. No, I think they do do something, right? They get they even for me, like my heart last week of being really cynical. The protests give the cover and give the the ability for and then we have to keep those people accountable and we have to see what they're doing um and all of this to say right that like for poverty you know a lot of people always throw around that quote jesus says right the poor will always be with you and they're like oh we can't do anything about poverty oh my gosh i hate that the poor will always be with you is not a call to passivity yes it is saying that charity and compassion are therefore always necessary yes right and there is that, right? To say that we do not help poor people because out of pity. Yeah. Right? Because they're so dumb. They're so they're so stupid. They're so whatever, lazy. Like, we're just going to give them charity. We help them because, one, they are us, mm-hmm. right? Human beings and fellow, you know, children of God. Image bearers, yeah. Right? But also, we help them because that is our joy and our duty to do, mm-hmm. right? To help your brothers and sisters in their times of need, which is every time. Yeah. And yeah, and if you are listening and you are struggling and you're poor, I hope that this is an encouragement to you that, you know, poverty is not who you are, right? Poverty, like like being poor is not like a defining trait of yes. who you are, right? And that... I hope that this encourages you that we want to help you. Like the church should be helping you. Should People be. should be helping <laughs> you. Yeah, I mean, that's one thing I, I'm really glad about our church is that we have a fund for people who've been affected by COVID-19 and, and things like that, where we're literally giving people money. Like, yeah. like and, and, I, and oh, oh, just, just to really quick to, to finish that point. And I think um, a lot of people were really ashamed to take it, mm. right? Because I think there is that connotation that something's wrong with me like or like i have to fix my poverty but no poverty systemic and poverty is again not who you are and and so that asking for help and us providing help should be beautiful things and i think it's why there is so much rage amongst the poor after this coronavirus because it was like you just spent a trillion dollars on what (laughs) right like yeah. You, you just, what? <laughs> right? Like, bailed out airlines, bailed yeah. out, like, the Lakers at a certain point had taken some of the PPP money, and I was like, come on, guys. And you're just like, well, they got an accident, like, because they were just under a classification. But yeah, 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 like, yeah, yeah. like yeah, that they got <laughs> They got it, right? Like, and, yeah, like, again, there's so much frustration I have with all that, but I feel like that's part of it. But in the good way, you know, the, the good side of that coin is I do think a lot of churches in our in our in the fact that we've had to shut our regular programs down mm-hmm. right you know i hear our church leadership talking about this right there was this realization of where are we spending our money right you know like and is this 
where we God is asking us to spend our money. And that's a good thing right now, right? And that's a good thing for yeah. our governments to be talking about, our churches, and for us as individuals to be talking about as well. Yeah, where are we spending our money? Right? That's a good and question. Yeah, like, are you complaining? And, you know, it's my, are we complaining about poverty, complaining about racism? Are we going to help, right? Like, doesn't mean everyone has to donate probably should donate somewhere, well, <laughs> right? Uh, like, Pay your taxes. Pay your taxes, <laughs> right? But yeah, pay your taxes, your tithes and offerings to your local church, right? These are things that we should be asking ourselves because I think the reason why, you know, God instituted the tithe wasn't, this was the, this was like- The max. The maximum. He was like, y'all aren't going to want to give anything. So, <laughs> so at the very least, at the very right, least like, 10%, please. Like, yo, like, here's a minimum. At least do this. And then, and a part of it is, right, because, again, progressive sanctification, I think a lot of us don't have, we are not sanctified enough to really be generous. And so we need to, the discipline wow. of generosity. Wow. Right? And tithes and offering and taxes, that's what it is. It's the discipline of generosity. Yeah. Right? It's saying, I'm going to do these things because I don't want to, <laughs> despite the fact I don't want to, trusting and hopefully keeping accountable, but to a large degree, trusting the church leadership, the government leadership, that they are going to be compassionate, in my, not in my place, but like as a proxy, right? Yeah. yeah. And then I think with government right now, we're realizing, wait, you guys haven't been doing it, right? Mm -hmm. And so this is a time of reckoning and accountability. Hopefully for some churches, it is a type of realization, wow, we're so glad your leadership is so generous, right? Yeah, yeah. But for some churches, it may be a reckoning as well to say, wait, why did we spend all this money on these things when here are these problems all, all around us? Oh my gosh. Okay, we got to stop. We got to stop talking. I know. Okay, goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>